When I talk to property investors, they often tell me using debt is a key advantage over other asset classes. In the stock market, using debt is often called gearing. The new BetaShares Wealth Builder Funds, ASX ticker symbols G200 and GHHF, offer moderate gearing across Australian and global shares for investors who are comfortable with the higher risks associated with gearing their investments. You can discover how they work by visiting betashares.com.au. Please don't forget that gearing magnifies gains and losses, so read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast. I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rask. And we're here to give you the tools and knowledge to invest both your time and money better. If you're new, feel free to jump in with our Starter Pack series that aired in early 2022 or our Shares or ETF mini series. We've got plenty to share with you in today's episode, but if you want to catch us on socials, head to Rask Australia on Insta and Twitter. I'm also found at Kate Campbell AUS on Insta. And I'm Owen Rask AU on Insta. Just beware of the fake accounts. We'll never DM you about trading strategies or crypto. And if it sounds a bit weird, it's probably not us. And just one final heads up before we get into the show. This podcast contains general financial information only. Welcome back to Investing Month. Today, we're going to talk about what you can invest in and how you can do it. Yes, good energy, Kate. I like it. So we're in episode two of the Investing Month. We will take you through investing from beginning to uh, getting started. And if you've already started, you'll still enjoy it because we cover a lot of interesting ground, including in today's episode where we talk about all the different things that you could invest in. Um, Maybe there's a bit of an asterisk there because we probably don't have time in 20 minutes to cover every single thing, but we'll give you a broad idea of all the things that are available. And there's a lot. Probably the the investments that are most relevant to newer investors Mm -hmm. and keeping it useful and actionable. And then for some of these types of investments, we'll have individual episodes throughout the month on them too. So you can learn much more yeah. about them in yeah. detail. So you can uh, learn more. And if even in those episodes where you do learn more about the things we're about to talk about, there's even other episodes or series that you can dig further and further down. And that's the whole point of there's the podcast There's a lot of series. layers here. So um, what is your investing universe is a good question to start with. It's like, what is everything that's available? So we use the word universe because there are so many things out there. Uh, some things we don't understand, some things we do. And then we try and break that down into groups. Uh, we sometimes call them asset classes. So we, we basically say, you're like this and you're like this and you're like this. And that reflects basically how the world is set out financially, like the financial system economics, what we're taught at schools, etc. So, Kate, where do we start? Yeah. So, the very first thing that most of us are familiar with is cash. 
Yes. So we might have it under the bed. We might have it in a transaction account that we're paying for things on a daily basis. We might have it in a savings account working Mm -hmm. towards a holiday. Mm -hmm. We also might have used a term deposit before. Yeah, it's known as a TD overseas. Yep. But we can also have cash as part of our investment portfolio and it can form part of our investment universe. Yeah. So one thing that I was always confused about when I first started learning about finance was people said cash and you would think that like, you know, so they'd say cash in a portfolio and you'd be like cash, like as in like there's like $50 notes just like there. And that's not what we mean. What we mean when we say cash, it's cash like it's in stored at the bank cash in a term deposit. There are even cash ETFs, and we'll get to that in a second. But um, cash is anything that's basically, maybe not always guaranteed, but kind of stable, and it just pays you interest. It doesn't yeah. really fluctuate in price. Like the the value of the cash in the, the term deposit doesn't fall one day and then go up the next. It kind of stays stable. And that's what we mean. Hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. Yeah, and we mentioned investment income in episode one. So you usually do get some form of income from the cash. Yeah. A lot of people, when they think about cash, they don't think of it as an investment. They kind of keep it as like a, what we call like a ballast, like it's like protection in a portfolio. So it's there so that in the future you can use it. And that's where the value really comes from for cash, which is different to what you have in your savings account where your or your transaction account where you can spend it. Another thing, and this is the thing, we're going to go from the easiest thing to one of the harder things to understand, which is this idea of something called bonds. Now, bonds are just um, an IOU. So like me giving you $100, Kate, um, and you promising to repay it, right? And that is what a bond is. My word is my bond. That's where it comes from. And the biggest thing about bonds is that there are many different types, just like shares, which we'll explain in a second. But they're typically lower risk when they're government bonds. So governments right around the world use these. They go and they say, we've got some bonds available. Investors go and buy them. And then the government promises to repay the money that, you know. Possibly in 10 years time. 10 years time is most common. And they pay it back with interest. And bonds form part of most people's portfolios if they see a financial advisor. um, In in many super funds. Superannuation funds. In most professionally managed funds have... um, bonds in them because they, again, they're more of like a safety mechanism. So yes, they pay a little bit of interest and their price can fluctuate a little bit, not as, like they're not as stable as cash, a little bit more unstable, but they give a little bit more income for that risk. Uh, And in retirement portfolios, there can be a lot of these. The next thing, Kate, is gold. Yes. So many of us would be familiar with gold. We might have some gold jewelry. Yep. Something like that. In a they even are on the end I don't of drill A gold tooth popped into my head. Some I don't people think many of gold, us would have a gold tooth. Some people have gold caps on their teeth, right? Yeah. So but, you can you can physically buy gold and hold that. You might have a, a block of gold in your yeah. safe at a home. A lot of people do. Yeah. Many maybe your grandparents have, have some gold. Mm-hmm. You can buy it through a digital platform. So there's ways you can buy and sell and pay with gold nowadays. Yep. Or is. you can use it buy it through an exchange-traded fund, which we'll discuss a little bit later in this episode. So gold has been around for a long time. There's the idea of the gold standard, which was our currency as a global economy. We used to use gold. And then we moved to actual currencies issued by governments. Uh, And today you can still send and receive money and it can sometimes be settled by gold in vaults around the world. But for the most part, gold doesn't pay an income. So it doesn't pay you like a dividend. It doesn't pay you rent. 
So some people consider that it's not an investment, it's more speculative, meaning that you're really just betting on the price going up or down. So needless to say, it can still form part of a portfolio. The next thing, and this is probably the thing that people are really interested in, Kate, is the shares that go into a portfolio, sometimes called stocks and sometimes called equities. Yeah. So, so can this you explain is those? part ownership of a business. So think of your coffee shop around the corner. It might have two people that went into business together and they might both own a share in the company. So mm-hmm. they might both own 50%. There's two shares, two shareholders. So yeah. when you purchase a share, you're a shareholder of that business. So think of large Australian businesses like BHP or Telstra or Commonwealth Bank. You can actually purchase shares of these companies because they're what's known as publicly listed companies. So they're available to purchase on our Australian stock exchange. So at any day during the week, you can buy and you can sell shares in these businesses. Yep. So between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. Eastern time, the stock market is open. Monday to Friday. Yep. And these companies are available for you to invest in them. Um, So obviously, you can get a sense that the cafe in your local uh, town is very different to Commonwealth Bank. So if you put, I don't know, $1,000 into Commonwealth Bank, you're probably going to be a tiny little shareholder in this gigantic thing and you won't have any control over it. Yeah. But let's say you put $1,000 in a new business idea, you might get 50% with your friend, right? It might not be the cafe yet, but it might be the idea of the cafe. Well, you might be able to control what that business does. But on the stock market, you can't control it. So yeah, that's kind of the Many difference. of these companies have millions of shareholders. So yeah. Owen and I might own a large Australian business, but there might also be millions of other Australians that own this business. So if we want to change the product, we don't have much of a say. Yeah, exactly. So to buy shares, you need a broker, which we'll cover in a future episode. A broker is kind of like, it's like if you have never experienced one, the easiest way to think about it is like Amazon mixed with your online banking. You can fund the account. You can look through the marketplace or the the stock market to find the shares that you want. You click buy, the transaction happens in the background. It saves me having to hunt around for someone who has the shares that I want to buy. This all happens automatically in the background and often within seconds. Yeah. Um, The next thing that people can invest in is property. So property can be your primary home where you live, or it can be an investment or multiple investments. Some people buy apartments for income. Some people buy houses for long-term growth. There's obviously different price tags. And there are many different costs that come with these. We do have the Australian Property Podcast, which you can go and check out. Uh, That's our free podcast that focuses only on property. Um, But there are many different ways to also invest in property outside of like a residential home, Kate. You can use REITs. Yep. Real estate investment trusts are one way you can buy and invest in property and infrastructure through your brokerage account. So the same account that you can buy shares, you can also buy investments in property. Yeah. So these are called real estate investment trusts because they've just got real estate and they're held in a trust and you can buy part of the trust. Yeah. Um, Just like the big buildings that you see. So these are not like little houses. These are like the gigantic buildings that you see in the cities or the massive warehouses that fulfill Amazon orders, mm. those types of things. Maybe there's, you mentioned something called infrastructure, Kate. Not to confuse anyone anymore, but this is the final piece of the puzzle. This is what we call an alternative investment. So an alternative investment is basically anything that doesn't fit into the boxes or the categories that we just mentioned. So cash, bonds, gold, shares, and property. Um, alternative assets Uh, this label in the finance industry that we give to make sure people understand that what you're investing in isn't like those other ones. It might look similar, but it's still quite different. For example, you might have 
a type of property, say like Melbourne Airport, right, which is a gigantic airport in Australia, um, that might not be available to be bought and sold on the stock market like a share. It's a private thing. So the only way to get into it is through a different type of entry point. And that would be alternative, right? So we call mm -hmm. that an alternative investment. Uh, other things are like you mentioned, like some roads and that sort of stuff are if you want to invest in those roads and receive that. Um, the other things like we've got collectibles, different types of strategies can also be alternative. They might do the same thing, but they do it in a different way. So mm -hmm. for example, you and I go and buy shares. It goes up over the long term. But you've probably seen those movies where people will bet against shares. So they would be called like a hedge fund. Well, that's an alternative investment because it doesn't do the thing that's normal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and often they're a little bit trickier for investors to get their head around, to get started with. They might require a bit more money to invest in mm. these things and they might be a little more stagnant. So they might be harder for you to buy and then to sell them. Like if you think about a big office block, a company can't just sell that the next day. They often have, it will take months or years to yep. sell that. Uh, interestingly, like cryptocurrencies would be an example of things that fit in alternative because they don't have like the true history yet. Some of them do, right? Obviously, Bitcoin's gone back a bit, but it's still not generally accepted as an, uh, a stable kind of asset class yet. So the question is, so we know all these things that we could invest in. Um, most people would be familiar with shares and property and cash, but the, the, the interesting thing is how do you invest in them? And we... I was hoping to make a distinction with this because people can invest in these things in different ways. And we'll go into depth throughout the series. But you mentioned something called an ETF, Kate. We have a mini series on ETFs, a separate mini series. And we talk about them every single week on all of the RAS podcasts. But what is an ETF? Yeah. So an exchange traded fund, an ETF, is a basket of investments. So it might include mm -hmm. shares that we mentioned earlier today. So you might have a basket of the top 200 Australian companies, including names like Telstra and BHP and Commonwealth Bank and Wes Farmers. And an ETF manager will collect up all those companies, assemble it together in a fund, mm -hmm. and I can buy and sell units in that fund. And it, the fund often follows a set of rules or common characteristics. Yep. So an ETF would make it easier because instead of having to pick which stocks go up or which bonds are good, you just buy a bit of all of them Yeah. for the most part. Some of them, some ETFs are a little bit different, but the most popular ETFs in Australia are the ones that just buy the top 300 shares in Australia, the 300 biggest, or they just buy the top 500 in mm. the US, the, the biggest 500. Uh, and that's all they do. They just go out, you put your money in, and then whoever runs the ETF goes and buys those 500 or those 300, collects them for you and says, here's your ETF. You've got one piece of this ETF, which we call a unit. You've got one unit of this ETF uh, and saves you having to buy 500 different shares. Yeah, because there are so many different companies to choose from. Using someone that packages it up for you can often make it easier to take that first step as an investor because as we'll discuss in this series, it's a lot of work if you want to buy an individual company. How do you know if that individual company 
is going to be better than all of the other competitors out there long term. Yeah. So there are different types of ETFs. And there's the, the ones that we just mentioned, which are those kind of like boring ones. We call them index fund ETFs. But then there are more exciting ones, which are what we call thematic. So this is like, I believe in the future of this industry and yeah, robotics, art- or- robotics, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, uh, agriculture. And they would bundle up companies in that industry and put them in a basket for you. And so you could suddenly be invested in 30 robotics companies with one purchase. Yep. And they don't have to just be shares, as we've mentioned. They could be bonds. It could be, you can even get cash ETFs. So if you want to invest um, alongside other investors, the ETF can then go to a bank and with all of the money included, try and negotiate with that bank for a better rate. Uh, And so that's a cash ETF. And there are so many different things. Another thing that is very similar but different is called a a managed fund. A managed fund is just like an ETF, except you can't buy it through your brokerage account very easily. So an ETF, use your your share broken account. It's the same thing. You can buy Telstra right beside an ETF. But with a managed fund, you can't do that. A managed fund is more the, the, the older style of investing, but it's still very popular and still, I believe, the most popular. Yeah. And you have to fill in an application generally yep. and often the investment amount you have to start with will be higher. So mm-hmm. it might be 5000 or $25,000. Whereas if you're buying shares or ETFs, you can start anywhere from five to $500, depending yep. on which platform you go with. So we'll cover that later in this series. Mm-hmm. And the fund manager could choose to invest in different things. And they'll say that on the website. So you know, before you go in, what type of things they're choosing to invest in. They might choose to invest in small Australian companies. They might choose to invest in property. They could choose to invest in bonds and other things, alternative assets that we mentioned. Yeah. So these things, managed funds, um, sometimes they get a bad rap. Sometimes they're really good, but they often do different things to an ETF. They're not always the same. Um, But a good example of this, if you've ever heard the the name Vanguard. Vanguard do both managed funds and ETFs. So people sometimes think they just do ETFs, but their managed funds are much bigger than their ETFs. Um, other names might include BetaShares, GlobalX, which is a sponsor of this show, um, and so many others. And they're both the same thing, really, for most of them. It's just a different way to access what you're investing in. And finally, we've got super. Yes. So superannuation is the same thing. People think that they're not investing but they are if they get superannuation. Yeah, and often when we run events, Owen, a lot of people say they've never invested before, but when we ask people to put their hands up if they have a superannuation account or multiple, Mm. uh, given many of us had part-time jobs growing up and in uni, everyone puts their hands up. So that means that you are already an investor. You're investing in things like shares and bonds and property through your superannuation company. Mm. So... If you're invested in super, you're an investor. The only difference is with super, well, the major difference is that you can't get your money away out of it until you're retired or you die. Unfortunately, then it's not really going to you. It's going to your next Mm. of kin or whoever you appoint. And their team of experts builds a portfolio for you. So you might say, I want to invest in higher risk investments because I'm going to not need this money for four decades. And they will build a portfolio that includes things like shares in Australia and overseas. It'll include mm-hmm. property and infrastructure. It'll include bonds. Maybe it includes gold. Yeah. So the basic gist is, and you touched on something really important that we were just 
kind of put a, uh, a ribbon on this episode. Some of the things that we mentioned here are considered riskier and some of them are considered mm. less risky, but they all tend to fluctuate a little bit, maybe with the exception of cash. So say, for example, cash and bonds from government bonds, they're considered to be safer style investments, meaning that there's not as much ups and down. Um, gold is also considered to be sometimes safer, but sometimes not. It does go up and down. And you might see the word defensive used to describe these type of investments. Exactly. So the, the next thing on the other side of the table, we have shares and property. These are both considered to be riskier assets. And growth. Yeah, and growth. And within those, even within those categories, there'll be much riskier shares and there'll be less riskier shares. There'll be much riskier property and there'll be less risky property. And so all of these things combined, um, we can build a portfolio that takes more risk, typically, for someone that's got a long time horizon because they've got more time to recover and more time to grow, uh, or shorter time periods, like more like retirees and people late in retirement, they have more defensive uh, assets because they want more income and they can't afford to lose money. So that's all taken into account typically when a super fund builds a portfolio for you. Yeah. So ETFs, managed funds and super, the risk of those investment products really depends on what's inside that basket or fund. Yeah. So people, that's a great point again, Kate. So these things, it all just depends on what you're invested in. So ETF is just a way to get through to other types of investments. A managed fund is just a way to get through to other types of investments. It's typically run by a professional investor. Superannuation fund is just invested in something else. So you've got to really pop the hood to see what's inside to yeah. determine if it's a good investment or not. Whereas a lot of people just go, oh, I invest in ETFs. Oh, I invest in super. Well, what's actually in it? Yeah, and that's what, what matters. It's what's inside ETFs, managed funds, and super because you could put just cash in your ETF or your super fund or you could have some higher risk investments. So that will change the time that you want to be invested for. Yeah, it's like a box of chocolates. We've used that analogy before, but what's the chocolate inside? Don't blame the box. Like what's actually inside of it yeah. is, is what's, uh, what's that, important. And that's how you'll start to work out if it's right for you. And as we go through the series and talk about different things that's worth keeping in mind. Absolutely, it is. So in this episode, we've talked about um, cash, bonds, gold, shares, property, alternative assets, whatever those are. <laughs> There's a lot that we've covered just in that piece. Yep. And then we've talked about ETFs, managed funds and super, the how of how do you get invested in those. We mentioned the thing called a brokerage account. We're going to do separate episodes of these. So if you're overwhelmed, it's okay. You're not alone. Uh, there will be more separate episodes on these major ones. So we're going to cover shares, we're also going to cover cash, mm -hmm. what that looks like for investors. We're going to cover the vehicle we talked about, exchange-traded funds, and how to research different types of exchange-traded funds. Mm -hmm. uh, we're also going to talk about managed funds, which is something a little less commonly discussed, but worth our time and attention. Yeah, because a lot of our more uh, seasoned listeners will be familiar with us talking about ETFs, but not as familiar with us talking about managed funds, which is a huge part of what we are interested in. And we think as investors go on, they get more interested in these things because they understand ETFs and then they move on to these things. And these are really important things in your wealth creation. But in the next episode, Kate. In the next episode, we're going to talk you through brokers. So that platform that allows you to buy and sell investments like shares and ETFs. Because this is your gateway yeah. in. This helps you take that first step into investing. And we might also talk about some micro investing apps that allow you to start with just $5. Yep. So if you're wanting to know, okay, Kate, Nolan, this all sounds great. I want to be an investor. Um, that is our goal by the end of this series, if you haven't already invested, to be invested. But if you're thinking, I like this idea, I want to get started now. 
how do I do it? Yep. That's the next episode. That's where we'll cover what a broker is and how to think about those. Um, and well as, as well as link you to some resources to further explore those. So Kate, this was fun. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. We hope you learned something new and were able to take one thing away from this episode. If you're keen to learn more, head on over to Rask Education and take one of our free money and investing courses. You could even become a Rask Core member for less than your Netflix subscription each month. And don't forget to subscribe for new episodes in your inbox every week. Plus, if you enjoyed the show, we'd love you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and send any questions our way via the link in the description. And before we go on, did this podcast contain personal financial advice just for me? Absolutely not, Kate. Our podcast actually contains general financial information only. What that means is the information does not take into account your financial needs, goals, objectives, or even your situation. So because of that, it's important that you consider if the information is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on it. If that all sounds a bit confusing or you're still working out what your needs are, it's a great idea to consult a licensed and trusted financial planner. And don't forget to do your own research. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.